that time Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Matthew 11, verse 25. Thank you. What does the word reveal mean? Do you know what the word reveal means? Well, guess what? Yeah, what do you think? Oops. Thank you. Thank you. To show, okay. Well, I'm going to reveal something that's in this bag. There you are. This is the book. And I'll reveal what's in the book. There you are. Oh, they're photos of my grandchildren. So this is, so I've just given you a revelation of what's in this bag, what is in that bag, and what's in this book. I was revealing it to you. In fact, I'll even reveal to you what's in here. This reminds me of the magpies at my home. I'll talk to you about that later. Okay, so I just I just revealed what was in the bag and I revealed this. So that was a you just had a revelation. Wow, he looks friendly, doesn't he? <laughs> Do you know my grandchildren in um, in in in, Dar- in Darwin, they were on the beach and they actually saw a croc on the beach, on the sand. You wouldn't want to go near a croc, would you? Oh. And they had a dog, so they had to make sure the dog didn't run towards the croc. I think the croc would have thought the dog was yummy. Now, look, a very important thing that Jesus said to his disciples, who, who were grown men, and Jesus was talking to, to, to his disciples, and he said, unless you change and become like little children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Wow. You'll never enter into God's kingdom unless you change and become like little children. Now, you know, I was just thinking of a picture, like this is an empty glass and we need to be empty so that God can fill us. He wants to fill us. And, and, uh, and, and so we need to be just like little children. I was wondering about, um, about very young children. What would you say about little children, very, very young children? What would you say about them? Can they do things for themselves? Can they, can they cook? Can they cook a meal? You know the answer. No. Can they, can they wash the, uh, all the clothes and put them out on the line? No. Can they, what else can't they do? What else can't you do as, as a little, as a child, as a young child? Can you drive a car? Do you need permission to go next door to play with a neighbour, or do you need permission to go and visit a friend? Do you, who do you ask? Yeah. Who? You ask nobody. <laughs> oh, I bet you do. You ask your parents. You're absolutely right. You ask your parents. What about if you, what about if you want an extra snack and it's in the fridge 
Do you have to ask mum or dad? Yeah, someone's not in the head yet. Well, you should normally, you should ask. Um, if you... If you wanted to go to um, to the theatre, would you just go and do it by yourself? You're absolutely right. You nod your head. No, of course not. What would you have to do? Who's got to do that for you? Maybe someone else, mum or dad or something. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm just thinking. Oh, what about if um, what about if you wanted to watch TV late? Do you need permission? Yep. Do you need permission for a lot of things? Yep, someone's nodding yes, a couple of people nodding yes. You need to ask mum and dad, don't you? There's lots and lots that very young children can't do. They are dependent. That means they need someone else to do it for them or to tell them what to do. We need our parents to tell us if we're allowed to do this or if we're allowed to do that, if we're allowed to go here, if we can go on an excursion. If we want a particular toy, we have to go and ask parents, don't we? If there, it, there's lots of things we, we have to ask our parents for permission or, or ask them to help us. So little children constantly need some help. Can I have the pictures of the, the first picture of the magpies? Now, these are, these are two magpies. The one that's sort of squatting down, that's a very young one. He was just born this year. And this is just outside my place. And, I, and, I, and I've got a clothes rack and, and the magpies go and sit on the clothes rack. And then they sing and they sing and they call me. They want me to come and bring meat. And, and that's the front there. And the reason why I put it in the front was because when I, had, when I had them coming in the back, guess what they did? They kept leaving things for me on the seat on the barbecue yeah poo. you're absolutely right it was poo. They, they would poo everywhere and so I thought look I don't want them pooing on my barbecue or on my table or on my chairs and I've got to put plastic I used to put plastic garbage bags over the chairs and then I have to take them off again and I'd have to um, keep keep doing things like that protecting things and I'd even put a, a red cone on the barbecue so they wouldn't sit on the barbecue so I thought if I put it out the front then all the poop goes down there. You can see where it's on, on the ground there, and I can just hose it away. But at least it's not on my in the back. Well, anyway, but you know what's also good is only about a metre and a half away from that is my desk. I've got a window there, and I sit next to the window, right next to the window, and I've got my computer, and I do a lot of work there. And guess what? I can see them, and sometimes they'll come and tap on the window to say, hey, Arnis, we want our food. And so I leave. Sometimes I leave some bread, uh, some meat or things on, on the windowsill, and they'll just come there and help themselves. And also, some other birds come along too. The the the, the Indian miners and and maybe even the black crow comes. And the black crows, you know, you've got to watch them. They they sometimes buzz the magpies when the magpies come down to my uh, down to my windowsill and get some meat, and then they fly away because I like to fly away and take their meat away somewhere. The, the, the black crow comes and dies at them, you know, tries to knock, get them to knock their, drop the food. And then when they drop it, they go and pick it up. The black crow goes and picks it up. Anyway, so, so there they are sitting there. The one on the right, I think, is a teenager. Uh, and the one on the left, that's a young one, very young one. The young one, for the first time yesterday, I was able to hand feed it some meat. 
and it was on the ground. It, it wouldn't come because they were copying the mother, Sherry, the mother. She, for a long time, would not come and sit on the rack or stay on the rack. As soon as I'd go out there, Sherry would go off the rack, and then when I'd put some food to it, she would eventually come and eat it. But now, when she had the young ones over this last month, and they were crying, they were crying for food, Sherry, I would just hold the food up above the rack, and she came up on the rack, and she sat on it, and she quickly picked at the food from my hand. And then she started to come. And now she doesn't do a quick pick. She does a more of a gentle pick. Because their beaks can hurt when they actually, you know, really hit you very hard. So anyway, so, oh, there we are. Look, that, that's the next one. That's, that's me feeding. This is, this is not Sherry. I think this is one of the teenagers. And can we have the next one? And there, it's just about to eat. It's eating away. Um, and, you know, these young magpies, they are dependent. They, they're like little, little children. They need, they need the mum and dad to provide the food. And uh, there's a the little one down below. And when I come out there, those little ones jump off the rack and they go down there. And, and they sometimes, when the food drips out, falls, when they don't pick it out of my hand properly, some of the food drops down on the ground and then the little ones quickly go and nibble it. But one of those little ones yesterday, I was able to hold it out on the ground while it was on the ground, and it came and it pecked it. And, and, then, and then it did it more than once. It did it about three or four times. So I'm teaching it to, um, just like Sherry, she's now eating from my hand. Guess what? I think I'll reveal to you what I've got, what I've got in... Oh. Oh, dear. I haven't got it. Ah, I'm sorry. I was going to give you some coloured worms. I'll have to give them to you after the service. They, they are actually snakes. And I was going to feed you. And, ah. Anyway, well, can we have the next slide? I, I thought I'd put this in too. This is, you know, in that verse about um, that that um, that the Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden. Sorry, I praise the Father, Lord heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and revealed them to little children. And you know, God can reveal things to little children. Now, just because you're a child doesn't mean you're in the kingdom of heaven. You've got to accept Jesus into your heart, and you've got to. So, Lord, I'm sorry, I have sinned, and I ask you to come and live in my heart, and then you become a child of God when you accept Jesus into your heart. Now, um, this is a picture of Jesus when he was a boy. Now, God, the Holy Spirit, can reveal things to you, and he reveals it to, people, to little children or adults who've got a childlike heart. So all these big children over there, well, they've actually got to become little children. These adults have got to become like little children to live in the kingdom of God and be able to have revelations because we need God to fill us. And, and, and this is an example of Jesus. He was only about 12 years old and he was in the temple. And you know, you know what happened in, in, that, in that story? It says that um, now they went to, the, to, to Jerusalem for a, for a Passover 
that actually had a Passover, a, a big celebration. And there were relatives and friends and everyone went there. And then, and then, they, and then they were going home. This is Jesus' parents. And after three days, they, that's right, they're actually looking. They were going home, back home, and they were traveling for a whole day. And then they realized their son Jesus wasn't with them. Where is he? So they went and saw the relatives. Is Jesus with you? They went to see their friends. Is Jesus with you? He was not there with him. And he's only a child. Well, guess what? After three days, so they went back to Jerusalem. And then after three days, they found him in the temple courts. And you know what? He was sitting amongst these teachers and these learned people. And and he was listening to them and asking them questions. And everyone and all those people who heard him speaking, who heard this boy Jesus speaking, was amazed at his understanding and his answers. And where did he get this understanding from? It was from the Holy Spirit, from God. God revealed it to him because he was very, because he was like a real little child. And, and God revealed it to him, revealed things to him. And he was able to talk with adults. And, and, and they were all amazed. Anyway, he, he, his parents asked him and his mother said, why have you treated us this way? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. And you know what Jesus said? Why were you searching for me? He asked. Don't you know I had to be in my father's house? See, he saw his heavenly father. He, he obeyed his, his father Joseph, but, but, but to him, he knew who his heavenly father was. And who revealed it to him? God because he was very open like a little child. Okay. All right, perhaps we'll get, perhaps we'll get someone to, to read that memory verse. Again, would you like to read it again? No? No? Would someone else like to? All right, would you like to? You come and read it, and, and you read it out first, and then we'll do it together. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Matthew 11, 11 25. Now, we've got to be like little children, dependent, just like those little magpies, they're dependent on their parents. We, we need to be very dependent upon God. So all adults, all of us have to be really like little children, dependent on God. So perhaps we can all read. Can you lead us again and we'll all do this together? All right. One, two, three. At At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Matthew 11, 25. Thank you very much. All right, children, you can go back to your seats now. And, and, and please come and see me afterwards so that I can give you your coloured worm.
I'm going to give a further revelation of what I've got in this bag. I've got this little book, this Gideon's book, and I wanted to share, share this, but God speaks to us. And this is a little Gideon's book. I don't know whether you've ever seen these or perhaps a lot of you have had them. And I got this, uh, not this one, I think my son's got mine. Mine's got a lot of underlines and I, I think this is my late wife's. But this is the sort of little booklet I got when I was about 13 years old. And I didn't belong to a church and I didn't belong to any Christian group or anything like that. And I read it. And do you know the New Testament, it just, God just revealed things to my heart. He just, these words almost like leapt out and just went into my heart and mind. And... Uh, it was really so god speaks to us that's what i'm going to say about that but also god can speak through our dreams and this is about 30 or 40 years ago i used to get these dreams and these dreams were very vivid and and i was very troubled in these dreams that I had killed someone, I had murdered someone and I couldn't work out and I'd wake up in the mornings and that was just so vivid that I felt, you know, did I, do, did I kill someone and, and I'm not aware of it? Um, and the dreams, there were particular places and, and, then they were, and the, these dreams would just reoccur and, and, and then I was looking for bodies and, and I thought, oh, there's some sort of a, I've got vague rememberings of some sort of a construction site. And I wondered whether I'd buried some people somewhere. And I was just greatly troubled by them. They really troubled me. Um, and, and I felt really that I had actually murdered people. And when, when my late wife and I went for one of our anniversaries, um, anniversaries went to Ballarat at the Bell Tower when we were staying at the Bell Tower Inn that's where we, we we stayed when we had our honeymoon that was a couple of nights we stayed there or one night I can't remember and I was troubled again by these dreams and I and I woke up I think it was in the early hours of the morning I just sat on the edge of the bed and and, and Carol was asleep and I just prayed I said Lord what what are these dreams why am I having these dreams or something like that I just I just reached out to God and he said you've murdered you've murdered people with your words wow that really struck me that I've killed people with words when I'd gossiped or when I'd talked about them or I judged them and I'd actually killed people and it says that in Bible too, that if you call someone a fool or if you, you know, um, it, it, it's, it's like, it, 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 it's, it, it's murderous, it's, it's, it's serious. And, and I can see now that these dreams kept happening because to God, this is very serious. And when you judge people and you talk about them and, and, you, and you say negative things about them, that's, that's, really, that's really dangerous. Anyway, the, um, you know, in Luke 6.37 it says, um, Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. It's interesting, that's one verse. It's, it's a, saying don't judge, but instead forgive and don't condemn. Anyway, I, on that day, 
on that night when I was sitting on the edge of the bed, I actually asked, I'm pretty sure I did it then, because when it, when it struck me, when I, when I had the revelation, when God revealed to me what these dreams were about, I then asked God to forgive me. And, you know, those dreams stopped. I actually confessed my sin, and, and this is so important that we confess our sin, and they stopped. Never had those dreams again. And I was just thinking, well, that's another way that God actually, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, that he talks to us, he speaks to us, he reveals things to us through his word, through dreams. He can reveal things to you instantly. I was remembering once when I was, in, 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 um, when I was living in Camberwell, when I was a caretaker at Trinity, and I was running to meet a colleague in the morning to go to work because this person had a car and I, I was going by tram and this person offered to take me in and I was running on the, uh, on the um, just along with the shops and there's a little lane, a very little lane and, um, and I was running and nothing ever comes out of that lane I thought, I, it was just one of those and, and a voice just said and I didn't hear it but I, but I felt it held in my mind, stop and just as I got to it, I stopped. And then that very moment, a car came out quite quickly. So I was so close to getting hit. And I thought, well, yeah, God, you know, God, his angels speak to us and, 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 and protect us. But I feel there's, no, there's also fellowship, you know, reaching out to the body of Christ. You know, being a community and being linked to other Christians is so important. And... I, I, on one occasion, I, I had the privilege of, of, um, of seeing this older gentleman who actually was a, a missionary. He was a missionary um, in the Solomon Islands. And, and he, he, um, he and another man sought God. And, and, and my understanding is that, that God really showed them that they had to deal with every sin, every judgment of, uh, that they had against each other or judgments of, of other people, of each other, and all the sort they had to deal with everything. You've got to deal with your sin. And, and they dealt with it, and, and, you know, I mean, the story is more extensive, but the Holy Spirit was poured out on those islands, and, and there was a revival. And this man, when he was here back in Australia, he was a lovely man, he was an elderly gen- a gentleman, and he... Um, and he he was he opened his doors to you know like people like me that that wanted to have fellowship you know, wanted to seek god's mind on something he didn't always say gave give an answer he would he would he would pray with you or he would say you know read this book and see what the holy spirit says to you and or um but but there was one occasion i went there and i had a case against someone and quite an extensive case, and I felt really quite peeved and, and, and whatever, and I, I, and I had a, a list of grievances and all this, and I was sharing it with him. And, um, and he's a godly man. He really seeks the Lord. You know, the Lord was really important to him. And, um, and what God says is really important, absolutely important, vital. And, um, and he said, do you know what I... Something like what I think the real issue is here is you have a I don't know whether he said a judgmental spirit or he said that you you're very judgmental or you 
but I got the very clear message is I was judging. I was judging. And here God was saying, the problem is with you. I mean, that person might have done things wrong or had things wrong, but it's what is in your heart. And uh, that really that really spoke to me, and I can never forget it. And it's been... Um, I'm just so thankful that that was another revelation that God gave through fellowship, through reaching out to the body of Christ, reaching out to other Christians, to fellow Christians, and having fellowship with them. And I remember, I think the same person said at one stage that, that, that things like the Bible, um, fellowship, and God's revelation to us have to be aligned. Um, that they've got to be aligned together so that what he was saying to me was also biblical and it was and it was in line with what um, with what God was saying to, you know, to me and and anyway that I just share that because that was a very vital a vital thing a vital piece in the jigsaw puzzle of my life where God years later it released me to really learn what is unconditional love and I, and I learned that in the most close relationship I have to do with my wife. And I find I'm very, very thankful that, that he showed me what real love is. And, and I felt really released to love unconditionally. Unconditional love. And, um, and I could just see this is just so, so important. And um, anyway, that was... And, 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 that, and that really comes down to, you know, judge not. Now, this message that I'm giving about not making judgments really came about when God gave me the verse about little children. And that unless you become like a, like a child or a little child, you can't enter into the kingdom of God. And as I pursued that, and over the last couple of weeks or more, uh, or over a period of more than that, he's been revealing things to me sometimes in the early hours of the morning and um, it, it just just been revealing different things um, and and just how important this thing is about judgments and I and, and I felt going looking at this and I thought well where did these judgments start and that's why that's why we had the reading on Genesis you know when when actually Adam and Eve you know you know, actually sinned and they and they chose to you know, to be um i don't know where is it again you will certainly not die for god knows that when you eat from it your eyes will be opened and you will be like god knowing good and evil and i and i was looking I was, um, I was thinking about this, you know, about these judgments. And I looked up on the internet and, and I thought, knowing good and evil. And, and, and what does it mean, knowing good and evil? It means, it said, means making judgments. The first thing to, uh, to say is that knowing good and evil does not refer to the possession of information like one would know the capital of Australia or the scientific names of plants. It is an expression and refers to discernment between good and evil, or more simply, making judgments. And, and as I was looking, I thought, wow, yes, making judgments. 
making judgments and, and, it, and it just really sort of starts to really come together um, you know, the, and Adam and Eve I, I sort of had this picture that they were like children when they were in the garden before they sinned they were like children they didn't have to worry about anything or whatever and, and they were given tasks they had to look after they had to name all the animals and, and do this and do that but, but they were like children and, and they were naked and it didn't bother them you know, it, it wasn't because, um, because their God had not said there's anything wrong and so they were dependent on, on, on God's words. You know, God said, God didn't say there's anything wrong, so everything's fine. And then as soon as they eat, eat of the fruit that they shouldn't have eaten and disobeyed, they then, they then started to judge. They, they judged themselves, or they judged each other. You know, they, you know when Eve was, um, uh, you, know, when, you know, when God talked to them, oh, you know, um, um, Eve blamed um, no actually Adam he talked to Adam Adam blamed Eve you know the wife you gave me and, and, and there's, a, there's, this, there's this judgment start to come in <coughs> and and they lost that that, that real childlikeness and where where they once were really under the authority of God, the Father, of, of God, they now had really opened themselves up to come under the authority of the devil. Because this is the devil's playground, is judgments. Satan, Satan absolutely can press buttons galore. And, 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 and we're just so caught up with making judgments. Anyway, Adam and Eve, I believe, lost that childlikeness and, and they started this, this process of judging. And, uh, you know, this happened with Cain and Abel too. There was judgments of each other and judgments of their own um, uh, offerings and things like that. Anyway. And what I wanted to share too that... Um, as a young child, I was engaged frequently with judging my father, and particularly after he left my mother and us when I was about 11 years old. And, and it can, you know, my mother didn't have any real friends. Um, she seemed to be sort of deserted. Um, she had a lovely heart, but she was, she was, she was lonely, and, and, uh, and, 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 yeah, she really suffered and she had she had a lot of pains a lot of ills a lot of hurts you know you know she was and and when her husband left well, this was another rejection of her and rejection is a very powerful thing the rejection is one of the most powerful things that actually affects people they actually go bananas they do all sorts of weird things i've seen this i could talk about ages about in, in a school when god revealed this to me about the power of rejection and what it does and um anyway she was rejected and and she and she was she was um she'd been a, a girl working on on farms as a servant girl at a very young age um and you know, she'd been raped when she was six years old by by a teenager she was just she was just badly badly treated for so long 
and then her husband goes and of course you know she 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 used me because we were very close uh, she used me to to, you know, to share everything to, you know, tell me everything and um and 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 of course you know, it comes in judgments you're judging my father you're judging him about he's done this and he's done that and he's uh, and he he was a real failure you know i mean look we're all really failures but he but he did he, he not but but his were accentuated because he you know because he um uh, he really spent so much time getting drunk and going with other women and all this sort of thing and you know when i sort of think of him you know the first time that i ever got a hug from him was when i was 50 years old and i was at his uh, second wife's funeral <laughs> that's that that's the first time that i can ever remember he ever hugged me but but it's so easy to be judgmental and my mother we used to talk and talk and talk and we had these judgmental sessions and uh and, and they can just become very you're very you're very strong and, and they can have a very powerful impact but at, at one stage too i remember this gentleman that i spoke to you before about having fellowship with i i also i think he once challenged me and said look you need to forgive your father and and i know that we prayed and i prayed to forgive my father but there's still more to it um a few years ago i actually went to wodonga i mean i had even been his best man at his third um, uh, wedding so i did i did sort of mend things to some degree but it was still um there were still things that were not quite right you know this 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 judgment we're like judgment machines we just judge and judge and judge and judges uh, and judgments are placed upon judgment upon judgment upon judgment and it's like reaching the Tower of Babel. They just judgments grow, and judgments are based on other judgments, and, and, and we use past judgments to make new judgments. And it, it's just, it's just a, it's just a mind thing. You know, that, that's where we need the renewal of the mind to be absolutely free of these judgments. And anyway, we went to, I went to Wodonga a few years ago with my daughter and, and her husband and, and two children, two of my grandchildren, and we saw my father. And we were in, uh, we were, and I brought a, 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 a DVD of, of, of my wife, my late wife, Carolyn, of, of um, the things that she was filmed by James Jensen about, um, about, uh, about, you know, loving each other and things like this. And uh, anyway, um, I thought, oh, maybe this might melt his heart. Maybe this might touch him. But it didn't. And during that, time when i was there in the lounge room and i think the kids were here or there or something and and, and his wife was over here i, I can't remember I, I suddenly i i don't know why it just came out out for me and, and i must have been getting a bit critical of him again or something and i said to him dad I, i'm sorry that i've been critical of you and he used words i've never heard him ever say he said i forgive you wow he'd never used that sort of language in his life and he said i forgive you and and i okay i accepted that and i and that night when i went to get the pizzas for because we were staying in madonga and i got pizzas for my daughter and son-in-law and and grandchildren i can never forget i just felt an incredible peace there was a beautiful sunset 
And I just felt, the, I just can't express it, just the love and the presence of God. And I knew that that, that asking, apologising to my father for all the, you know, for all the judgments I'd made had, had, it was really important to God. That was important to God. It was important to him. And, and, and I, and I felt, I felt that, 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 that was just an amazing evening. And I just knew that I was in heaven. I felt absolutely in, I felt in heaven that night. It was just, it was just remarkable. You're looking at that passage, Mark 10, 13 to 16. Um, what's really significant is that, that the, 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 there were people bringing the children and wanting Jesus to bless them. And, and yet the disciples you know, rebuked them. They, they were, what was this? Isn't this a, a, you know, judgments by the, the disciples? That, that, that these children and maybe that, that'd have been a cultural thing, but it's but it's a judgments that were that were that were made about these children coming, you know, th- these children being brought to, to to Jesus to be blessed, that this was not important, or, or or that children aren't important, or there could be a whole range and a whole lot of judgments all 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 mixed in together, and and when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He was indignant. And he, and he said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And then, and then th- these words, Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Wow. That's powerful. Will never enter into it. Do you know, the other day, I, I shared this with... Um, people I think in the prayer group I, I, I was outside and, and the thought came to me about it wasn't just become like a child but it was become like little children like a little child and I just and I just merely ran inside I thought look I must run inside and, and, and see did it say little children or children For sure, sure enough it said little children and that really spoke to me I thought wow that means you really are meant to be really helpless in the kingdom we really are meant to be like that empty glass we have nothing we need God we need him to fill us we need to be able to really receive and we need to surrender everything and what I said at the beginning about being completely his this is this is giving up our right to judge we were never meant to judge Adam and Eve were never meant to judge. That's why God didn't give it to them. But they, went, they were deceived and they were tricked and they, and they did it and they started judging and, and they took responsibility themselves. They became responsible for their lives. No longer God, not, no longer like little children. Little children are dependent. God is responsible. But they took responsibility and isn't this this case about children, even in our society now, being being sort of rejected or put down? And 
And I found that really very... You know, very, very you know, really challenging too. You know, to really see this, that you have to become like a little child, and a little child is dependent, and we need to be really dependent. If you start to feel dependency when you're walking with God, well, don't, don't get unsettled. Don't, you know, don't, don't run away. It's where God wants us to be. And you know, this, this very verse, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these, is both in Matthew 19.14 and in Luke 18.16. 18, it's exactly the same words. They were repeated. This is really important. This is really important. And God is, you know, and, he, and so then Mark 10, uh, uh, Mark 10 um, uh, was it 15, uh, 14? And in, 18, and in Matthew 18, 25, it says, He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. We have to change. We have to be willing to change and become like little children, dependent upon God, not exercising our own judgments and everything. And we are so prone, so, you know, it's just automatic. You just find the judgments just keep pouring out. We're like judgment machines. We just judge and judge and judge. We judge each other. We even judge, you know, our circumstances. And because we're because we're judging, often we don't respond. You know, when when Jesus says, "You know, love your neighbour," oh, but love your enemy, oh, but in the kingdom of God, if you are absolutely dependent dependent on God and God says love your enemy you'll do it and when, and when Jesus requests you know it said another scripture it said um, if you love me you will obey my commands and when he gives a command like that you know to love your you know, love your enemy you'll know that you just have to do it. And if you can't, you've got to come to God and pray and say, Lord, I can't. Help me, Holy Spirit. Help me, Lord. One of the things I find is that when I can't, I just ask, Lord, fill me with the love of Jesus Christ. And I'm dependent. I need, I need, I just know I can't love. I need his love. I need his love so that I can have unconditional love because his agape love is unconditional and so, so this is what happens in the kingdom. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, we 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 really can obey God because we, because we've become like little children, and we know that that it's just essential. We have to. We just can't live without that. Now I'm just reminded. Um, of the time when I was, I wasn't going to share it, but I, I just feel I, I was about 13 years old and my mum was going through a very difficult time. She was, she was divorced and um, we're living somewhere in, in Clifton Hill. This, this, this is when I was about 13 years old. And 
and I think she was having difficulty with other members in the family and other situations and it was just getting all too much and she was saying something about I want to leave I think I just have to go and leave you all or something like that and you know I can remember I thought I'd make an adult comment and I'd said oh well if you have to leave you then you'll have to you go and that had such an impact on her she felt even more rejected and what I felt for the next couple, the next day or a couple of days was the worst feeling ever in my life where I felt that I had rejected my mother and she just she was just you know and I was making and I was trying to act like an adult <laughs> and it really backfired and then I realized that, that that my relationship her was cut and I think that's what God wants us to be like little children and to be so sensitive when our relationship is cut from God that we deal with it that we do something about it straight away and what cuts us off it's sin and this is so important in the kingdom of God we deal with our sin quickly you've got to deal with it fast and you've got to you know you actually have to deal with it you you can't let it go you can't let it fester and we need the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Not, not the, de- you know, the devil's going to come and he's the accuser of the brethren. He's going to come and accuse and accuse and accuse. But we need to hear the Spirit of God and say, yes, this is wrong. You were wrong here. And, you know, when, whenever God does speak, it's not condemning. You don't feel condemned. You, 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 in the end, you become liberated and free. And so dealing with our sin is really important. And that's an important quality if we want to really function in the kingdom of God is that we deal with sin and we we deal with it. And we seek the Lord. We really have to seek him because he's promised, if you seek me, you will find me. I was going to say what little children are like, but I think... um, I was going to say that things like they, they submit to authority. They shine under right authority and loving discipline. They have to ask permission for almost everything. They can't decide things on their own. They can't live independently. They can't do whatever they want. They frequently need help. They're spontaneous and free in spirit. They are responsive. They feel more secure when they have boundaries, guidance and instruction. They are humble. They have a more sensitive conscience. They feel uncomfortable when they've done the wrong thing. And the list could go on and on. things i just want to say too about is in the um in this matter about jesus calling people children it's a real term of endearment it's a real term of love he's not talking down you know i I looked at john 21 5 and um and 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 some of the different versions of the bible say jesus said to them children and there's another one that said friends jesus called to them you don't have any fish do you and another one and this is this is the passage where he says uh, children do you have any fish um they'd been oh sorry i should have i should have just started with this first they're, they're actually at the seashore and and this is jesus uh, you know uh, it says that simon peter thomas nathaniel canaan the sons of zebedee and the two others of his disciples were together they just went fishing Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. 
just a day break just as day was breaking jesus stood on the shore yet the disciples did not know that it was jesus so they'd been fishing all night and they failed and it was now it was approaching daylight and 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 then the stranger says to them um you know he asked children did you get any fish and they answered him no and then he said to them cast the nets on the right side of the boat and you'll find some so they cast it and i thought well you know that's amazing wouldn't they have judged the situation we've just been fishing all night we've failed we've had hours and hours and hours of failure all that judgment process could have gone on and said hey hang on this is just hopeless we, we we're just not catching anything you know why would we even bother putting the nets over on the other side why would we do that why would we be um and yet i felt i wonder whether they've started to become like little children they've started to become like they're more spontaneous more open more responsive they'd already met with jesus a couple of times after his um after the resurrection and and he and he says to them you know cast the net on the other side and you will find some so they cast it and now they were not able to and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish that disciple whom jesus loved therefore this is john said to peter it is the lord when simon peter heard that it was the lord he put out put he put on his outer garment uh, put on his for he was stripped for work and threw himself into the sea and the other disciples came in the boat you know this is just this is the picture i have is that is that here's a stranger says try that and they did and and they were greatly blessed and they realized it was, it was the lord but but there was but there was a i mean, I mean it doesn't mean that you go with everything that people say but but i feel the lord was in charge here and and he allowed them to have a good response you know to to you know to the suggestion and um but i just felt they were more open and when when this word children um this this could well be interpreted as little children because because in in um the the greek word that's used here uh, for children do you have any fish is actually paedia and 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 that's and that in other parts of the bible and the other new testaments it was actually um paedia was little children so it could well have been jesus could have well said little children do you have any fish and i just think it's a beautiful thing little children this is how god sees you and me we're meant to be little children this is a real this is not a put down this is this is how he sees us we are dependent on him we need him we need his we need his input in everything we need his life in us i just want to finish up with sharing something else that um, i wasn't going to someone mentioned this just the other day that they remembered this about an experience i had and and i and i and i titled this murderous enemy we've got a murderous enemy who's going to fight you becoming like a little child he's going to fight you giving up judgments he's going to fight you um to be wholly dependent upon god as i said at the beginning to be completely his chronicles 16 verse 9 is a wonderful verse verse anyway i just wanted to share that um, Stephen and i i took Stephen fishing many years ago 
and there is an enemy and he opposes us and and this anyway i went fishing with stephen and we went for about three days and you know he just couldn't catch anything and he's a very good fisherman but everything wherever we went it didn't work nothing worked you know he got a crab or something or um or 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 perhaps an eel or something but just just couldn't so we went from one place to another we eventually went to to uh um, i forgot the name of the place but it was on the on the um uh on the coast and 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 i took him to a particular spot while i went i went back so after this was the third day and and he still hadn't caught any fish and and so i took him in the morning of that third day early about six o'clock or whatever i took him to this place i thought yes i'll get him settled there and let him fish you know and fish and fish and i'll go and i'll pack up everything and do all the work and i did i did everything else and i got and, and i got to him when it was about midday and i thought good beauty i can do some fishing so i went and got a rod and i went out and as i'm going out to the water and i've got and i've got my bait on he's coming back in and he was absolutely discouraged he was crushed he was just totally he was just like broken he had it was a total failure he felt or just felt it was all just a waste of time and i i i felt incest in i felt really cross about this not not against him but against the demonic powers that were that were discouraging that, that were coming and i was walking into the water and i got up to about wasted but, but even as i was walking in i was shouting out and binding devil binding satan binding these these demonic powers that were, that were wanting to crush my son and to crush us and and, and, to, and to absolutely hold discouragement upon us and i, and I, and I just shouted out you know for you know for a while shout out for, for, for them and i cast out the net and i was shouting out and binding these spirits and telling and insisting that they were defeated i caught a fish and then i pulled in and stephen saw oh there's a bite got a fish and i think i might have got another one he went out and he started fishing and he got a huge salmon and then he went out again and he had two hooks on his line because because if one fails or loses the bait you've got the other one he came in with two big salmon on one line it was remarkable the bucket we had was just wasn't big enough to hold all the fish it wasn't big enough the the fish were that big they were sticking out and and the end tail was actually sticking out of the bucket like this it was sticking out and we had people coming over it's a new guy he was just amazed he came over and he wanted to take the fish and show his family and i had to go to the car to get the car fridge to be able to take all the fish and I, I just thought wow you know we are in a battle but the lord is victorious and um anyway i just i wanted to end with that because that was a really good story well it's like the story that the, the men who listened to jesus you know cast out on the other side and they did and they had a, an, a a bounty of fish yeah i'll pray amen